Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 25 years. I'm a life coach, fantasy author, and engineer. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. Hi, I'm Jesse Tugney, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 10 years now. I'm currently a student at Montana State and learning more and more about how our world works. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, feature members of the type 1 community who are just like you, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 136 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today I'm solo, talking about confidence and how you can be confident with your type 1 diabetes, even when it feels like the roller coaster is running your blood sugars and your emotions are dragged along for the ride. This episode will dive into the core process that I use in my type 1 confidence program, designed to free you from the mental weight that comes with viewing type 1 diabetes as a burden. Before getting started, I'll share a quick win and fail for the week. My win is that I'm still going strong in my quest this year to do 52 hikes. The overall goal is to nail down my blood sugars for exercise, specifically cardio, and as of this recording, I am 10 hikes in, and I have varying results for my numbers, but it seems to be getting better. My fail is some highs earlier this week that weren't really that explainable, but that happens for every type 1 diabetic, so I'm not entirely worried about it. All right, so confidence. First, I want to start by defining confidence and what the difference is between confidence and self-confidence. Then we're going to talk about what it actually looks like to be confident with type 1 diabetes, the actions you take, how you're quote-unquote being when you're confident, things like that. After that, I'm going to share the core process inside type 1 confidence and then wrap up with some actionable things you can do today to start increasing your confidence with type 1 diabetes. First up, what is confidence? Confidence is defined as a feeling or consciousness of one's powers of or reliance on one's circumstances. I know that's kind of a a mouthy definition, so it can also be defined as the quality or state of being certain. What's interesting is that there is a difference between confidence and self-confidence. Self-confidence means confidence in yourself, your powers, and your abilities. People generally use external evidence to justify feeling confident in doing something, like pouring a glass of water or changing your CGM. It's action-based. But self-confidence is internally focused. It's about trusting yourself, committing to things, your opinion of yourself, and it doesn't depend on what you do. I can still be confident in my ability to manage my type 1 diabetes, even when my blood sugar graph would tell a doctor otherwise. How can that be true? Because self-confidence is about what you think about yourself, not about what you have physically done in the past or in the present. Dan Sullivan has a great book about confidence called The Four C's. In it, he's talking more about action-based confidence, but it lends itself really well to self-confidence too. And with diabetes, we need both. So let me break it down. To build confidence, you start with commitment. Once you commit to doing something, whether it's trying a new exercise routine or a new site for your sensor, like on your forearm, I did that in February 2021, and it definitely required commitment. 
But once you've, you've committed to something, you've started that cycle. After commitment comes courage. Now, courage actually feels terrible. So if you get to this point and immediately want to quit, you're not alone. But that's when you remember your commitment. Courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. It means you're afraid and you take action anyway, which leads to the next rung on the ladder, and that's capability. You commit to doing something, you have the courage to do it, you do it, and then you build the capability in that thing. And then that combination leads to action-based confidence. Now, I went through this cycle with putting new sensors on my inner forearms and for moving my infusion sites to the tops of my thighs. These were new things, so I built new confidence in them. It's super important to know at this point that no one can change your self-confidence except you. When we rely on confidence alone, the action-based one, without self-confidence, which is the thoughts that you have about yourself, the actions aren't going to be strong enough, and over time, they won't stick. So whatever you're trying to do will kind of eventually fall apart because it doesn't have that foundation of self-confidence. So what does it look like for someone to be confident? Like, how do you know someone is confident in themselves or in what they can do? The most obvious answer is by the actions that they take. What are they doing? What are they not doing? Do you see them showing up in their lives? Are they taking risks, making strides? Are they doing new things? Are they sharing their results? If so, they're probably both confident and self-confident. But sometimes what you see on the surface is kind of a facade. And you can never really know for certain if someone is self-confident because it has to do with their thoughts about themselves. And we can't exactly peer into other people's brains and see what thoughts they're thinking about themselves. Some people appear to have some kind of nonchalant confidence just in the way they hold themselves. And that can be an indicator too. But again, it's something that can be easily faked. And that's actually good (laughs) because there's brain science supporting the idea of, quote, faking it until you become it, end quote. If you pretend you're excited or confident long enough, you can change your neural pathways until that's actually true. I think what's actually happening when you fake it until you become it is you're following the four C's process by default, by committing to do something, mustering the courage to do it, building capability in it over time, and then that combination changes your brain to become more confident instead of terrified. And then sometimes you just know you're confident. It's evident in your mindset and it's kind of nebulous in that you're being confident in how you show up both mentally and physically in your life. Now, I know that I am confident in myself, so I'm self-confident to handle anything that type 1 diabetes throws at me because I trust myself to handle it. And I know that my condition means nothing about my worth or my ability as a person. Even on the days when the roller coaster is especially terrible, I can rest assured that I know how to handle it. And that leads me to the next point. It's okay to not feel confident too. There might be parts of your diabetes management that you are highly confident in, and you're even confident in yourself for it. So you've got both the action-based confidence and the thought-based confidence. But there might be other parts of the experience that you're decidedly not confident in, and you don't trust yourself to know what to do in those situations. There's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. What you can do is borrow belief. You can slowly build up confidence and self-confidence in those areas that you're iffy in by remembering the parts of your life that you do have confidence in and take it in baby steps. Now, feelings come and go based on what we're thinking, and, and confidence is no different. The only difference between confident people and not confident people 
is the volume and frequency of the confident thoughts they think. And you can think confident thoughts on purpose. And from confidence, you actually take actions that ultimately benefit your health and your entire life. Now let's get into the type one confidence core process. It starts with facts versus story. Now there are facts about our lives, and then there's the stories we tell ourselves about those facts. One of my favorite quotes by Byron Katie says, you're either sitting, standing, or laying down. Everything else is just a story. While that may sound like a drastic oversimplification, there is an element of truth to it. When I'm at my computer, I'm usually sitting unless I'm using my sit-stand desk. What I'm doing on the computer is the story I tell myself. The reason I like this quote is because it puts the power of the story about what you're doing back into your hands. If all you're ever really doing is sitting, standing, or lying down, then what might you want to create with the blank slate that's available to you for storytelling? In this part of the process to confidence, I teach you how to understand the difference between the facts of your life, the facts and the circumstances of your diabetes, and the story that you're telling yourself about those facts. The real power of this is understanding that you're in control of the story that you tell yourself, and ultimately, in control of the results that those stories create for you. And this goes both ways. If you're telling yourself a pretty great story about the facts of your diagnosis, you're probably doing pretty well. And if you're telling yourself a negative, sad story, then it's likely that how you're experiencing the rest of your life, not just your diabetes, is also negative. The next kind of pillar here is acceptance. Now, acceptance is a a bit of a buzzword that people like to throw around nowadays, but it's for a good reason. Acceptance is the core of any change. You have to accept things the way they are before you can move on from them. Where many people get stuck is equating acceptance with condoning or agreeing. You can accept that something is happening without agreeing with the reasons for it or condoning its existence. The other Byron Katie quote that I love illustrates this is (laughs) that when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. Acceptance means not arguing with reality. And what we do in this part of the process is learn how to develop a relationship with type 1 diabetes that takes blame out of the equation. Diabetes isn't the reason you feel like you're on an emotional roller coaster. And once we learn how to accept that, everything else on the journey is automatically easier because you're not fighting against it anymore. This is also the phase where you learn how to make strong decisions without needing approval from others, including your family, your friends, and even your doctors. No one knows your body as well as you do. That doesn't mean you completely ignore your doctor's advice, but if you find yourself doing what he or she says and it doesn't work, but they don't or won't work with you to figure out the best solution for you, as in tailoring it to your needs, then you are 100% allowed to A, fire your doctor, and B, experiment with your diet and your exercise and other things to find out for yourself what works best. Of course, I want your doctor to be on board with what you're doing, but accepting your diagnosis and working with it instead of against it means that you have more power to make your own decisions, to advocate for yourself, and not blindly trust the advice of doctors, nutritionists, and all of those other medical professionals who may have only spent a single semester learning about food in college 20 or 30 years ago and have no idea how foods actually affect you. The third piece of this process is learning how to allow and process emotion. Most people don't know how to do this because it's not something that we're taught growing up. 
Here, I teach you how to allow negative feelings without resisting, avoiding, or reacting to them and move the emotion all the way through your body until it's gone. That doesn't mean it doesn't come back. It just means you move it through your body until it's gone in that moment. You'll also learn how to generate feelings on purpose that fuel you instead of drain you. If you wake up with anxiety and you don't know what to do with it, this part of the process will help you figure out how to carry that anxiety with you without trying to get rid of it and learn how to redirect that energy into more creative activities instead of maybe unproductive ones. And the last part is learning how to roll with the punches. Because let's be honest, diabetes is a punch in the face sometimes. And some weeks or months, it feels like it's punching you in the face every day. So how do you deal with that? Rolling with the punches is, I think, a term from boxing. I don't know. I am not athletic, so I'm not exactly sure which sport it really comes from. But I see it most in my budgeting program. <laughs> and that's called uh, YNAB. Stands for You Need a Budget. In that context... It means that when you get punched by an unexpected financial expense, you roll with it by rebalancing the rest of your budget to account for it. You move money around, stuff like that. In diabetes, rolling with the punches might mean changing your plans the moment your CGM yowls at you with double arrows down and you're already at 85 MDDL. Or it could mean adjusting your schedule to account for that blood draw your doctor ordered, but you forgot to call about. The core piece of this part of the process is learning how to separate the physical symptoms from the emotional suffering. We all have bad diabetes days, but that does not mean it has to ruin the rest of your day. We can choose to feel annoyed or upset by a bad blood sugar. That's not a problem. I get that way all the time. But when we start blaming the beaties as being the reason that we can't ever do the things we want to do, that's when it becomes unnecessary emotional suffering. We compound our pain by thinking it should be a different way. We also reframe what the diabetes circumstances mean about your identity as a person with type 1 diabetes. Many people don't like being called a diabetic, and that's fine, but we can't ever escape the truth that we have type 1 diabetes. It's incurable. It's with us forever. It's part of us. That's what the acceptance is for. Even if it's not a core part of your identity, it's still part of who you are, whether you like it or not and you don't have to like it. Many don't. So here are some actionable tips to help you start to implement this process into your life. Number one, write down a list of the thoughts that you have about your type 1 diabetes. All the good ones, all the bad ones. Number two, circle the facts that everyone in the world would agree if they were in court. These are the circumstances, things that happened in the past, exact numbers and durations, exactly what you did, maybe exactly what your doctor said. Anything that is concrete and factual, circle those. The rest of the things on your list are your story about your diabetes. And I'm going to throw out a guess here and say that most of the things on your list are probably not going to be circled at this point. Usually when people go through this process, most of the things on their list are story. Most of it's not fact, but we treat it as if it is fact. So that's where this is really helpful to understand the difference. Now, once you have those lists, uh, that list of, of story versus fact on there, look at the ones that are story. Ask yourself if you want to believe that story. If so, cool. If not, then move on to the next step, which is accept that you're thinking those things. It doesn't mean anything about you that you have those thoughts. Everyone has some thoughts that don't make sense or don't feel good. The difference is being able to recognize the thoughts that you don't want to keep. Just because you're thinking something 
doesn't mean you A, have to think it, and it doesn't mean you B, have to keep thinking it. It's okay to let them go. Number five, let yourself feel the emotions that come up when you think those things. It's okay to cry, to move, or however your body needs needs to release that emotion and stay with it long enough for it to pass through, through your body. And then lastly, move through the rest of your day willing to roll with the punches and process those emotions that come up when you do. If you're willing to stick with that emotion long enough, you might be surprised by how fast it actually disappears. Becoming confident with type 1 diabetes isn't about loving it. It's about loving yourself enough to give yourself a gift in how you treat your diabetes. Because ultimately, how you handle your type 1 is how you handle yourself. So how are you handling your type 1 diabetes? If you're ready to build confidence in your life with type 1 diabetes to stop blaming it for how you feel about the rest of your life and finally experience freedom from being weighed down by all the emotions that come with type 1 diabetes, send me a message. I can help. Now, my question for you guys this week is how confident do you feel with handling the emotional ups and downs of diabetes? That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 136. That's the number 136. Apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. Our podcast Instagram is at thisistype1pod with the numeral one. And Jesse is on Instagram at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Thank you so much for joining me today. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.